Hey, y'all. Welcome to this week's episode of Draft Down 2021 Podcast. My name is Jackson King. My name is Aditya Prabhakaran. And in this week's episode, after picking uh, our top 10 last week, we will be continuing our comprehensive mock draft this week with picks 11 through 20. Uh, However, it seems that in the intervening week, uh, Adithya has found out some information that may change uh, some of his draft selections. So uh, I guess we'll start with that, Adithya. Yeah, so um, I think the first thing, it seems like a very common, uh, it seems to be very common that at pick number eight, now that the Panthers at least have Sam Darnold, on their roster are looking for an offensive lineman. And if any of the top three offensive linemen are at pick number eight, that might be someone they uh, are very likely to target. And that, that's that been said publicly. That's someone who, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, we uh, getting into why last week was a little bit delayed than I prefer it to. I originally, obviously, in my mock draft, selected Justin Fields to Carolina, but that was before the Sam Darnold trade, and so I changed my picks a little bit in that regard. But you think – I mean, obviously, I don't know if Kyle Pitts is actually going to fall there in the real NFL draft, but in your scenario, you think that if even if Pitts is there, they would rather go offensive lineman than Pitts? Uh, It seems to be that way. I think just the way that – at least from what I understand in terms of rules philosophy, it's be very physical. There's really nothing more physical than defensive and offensive linemen. Last year, he drafted Derek Brown. That ended up being a good thing. If Sewell, Slater, um, Jenkins, Elijah Vera Tucker are there, they probably value them higher than a lot of other players on the board. So I guess we'll start there. Uh, do you want to change your selection? So I guess let's start off by going through each of our selections from the first right. 10 picks. Uh, so we both had Lawrence going number one and Wilson going number two. Uh, that Those are locks nowadays. I mean, I think when Schefter texts uh, Zach Wilson that he is going to be a Jet, I think that's a pretty confirmed situation. Uh, Adithia had Justin Fields uh, going three to the 49ers and Lance going four to the Falcons. I had Trey Lance going three to the 49ers and Panay Sewell going four to the Falcons. Uh, Adithia had Panay Sewell fifth to the Bengals. I had Rashawn Slater. Uh, for the Dolphins at six, he had Kyle Pitts. I had okay. uh, Devontae Smith. At seven, uh, we both went uh, Jalen Waddle to Detroit. Uh, eight, he went Devontae Smith. I went Kyle Pitts. Nine, he went uh, Tevin Jenkins, the tackle. I went with Justin Fields, the quarterback. And then at 10 with Dallas, we both went cornerbacks. He went J.C. Horn. I went with Patrick Sertan. So is eight where you want to make your change up? I think so because I don't see any uh, other pick that I realistically want to change. Uh, So if you give me just a second... Okay, so in my situation, I had uh, Kyle Pitts off the board. And at I, eight, yes. Uh, yeah, at eight, and then I gave them Devonta Smith. Um, I think – see. And then my, okay. So at eight, instead of Devonta Smith, I'll give them Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Okay. Yeah. And then you want to keep the uh, nine and ten correct? Nine uh, – Oh, actually – Hold up. Um, uh, I was thinking about this a little bit after I made that selection. Because uh, it didn't, whenever I looked at the depth chart that day, I did not see uh, Joan James on the depth chart. And he, well, opted out last year, is coming back this year. That's why he wasn't on the job. I was wondering. I thought Jawan James. Yeah, there was definitely. I there was definitely something odd about that that I couldn't figure out. And so because of that, I gave them Tevin Jenkins, who then would have been the second offensive tackle on the board. Um, as long as Vic Fangio is there, and there isn't a pressing need at offensive tackle, I expect him to go defense, especially after they up uh kind of did double duty on offense last year to start the draft. So 
I think I'll change my pick to Jeremiah Wosukormoa, the uh, linebacker from Notre Dame. Owosu Karamoa. Okay, so for those who aren't as familiar with Owosu, describe to me what he's going to provide to that Denver defense and why he's the top choice. Because that would put him now as your top defensive player in this draft. Uh, that actually is correct, yes. Um, so uh, it's perhaps one of the weirder situations where Owosu Karamoa uh, was kind of just this like – Swiss Army knife for the Notre Dame defense last year. He would line up as a, a linebacker. He could line up as like a wide nine rusher. He line up as an, a box safety, overhang safety. He was just kind of, because he's really athletic at 6'2", 215. Uh, if he were to run a 40, he'd probably run low four fives is my guess. Um, he, had, he can cover uh, tight ends and running backs in man coverage. He has the ability to play those hook zones he understands how to overlap routes and coverage for uh you know between receivers uh his pattern recognition is really solid um perhaps the weird issue is that he doesn't take on blocks well as a linebacker so if he were to be a weak side linebacker he might have uh he might have um he might struggle originally taking on gaps and that might allow for uh, some runs to break free. But I think in a Vic Fangio offense that usually uh, would like, or Vic Fangio defense that usually likes to have some type of dominant Mike linebacker, he could be the guy who is uh, the big uh, coverage guy who can kind of just guard that middle of the field for them. And in a division with Darren Waller and, um, Travis Kelsey having someone like Owusu-Kora Mora to just line up against them in man coverage at least softens the blow of uh, the potential impact of those two players in in divisional games. So he would serve the Danny Trevathan. Um, I think it's Ty Trevathan, Davis. Willis, yeah. uh, Roquan Smith. Uh, one more player I'm forgetting. Would he play the mic? Or is that just like the kind of position you think he's... I think he would play Mike because the responsibilities for a Mike linebacker and that that uh, defense bit different because usually the coverage heavy linebackers are your weak side, mm-hmm. um, but in that one it's usually the Mike that gets a lot of because uh, they do like uh, they kind of split between like a three four and a four three under so having the Mike linebacker for whatever reason in terms of how they line up is the most. Uh, the one who needs to be the most uh, pass defense ready. So, yeah, that's really my only. And I, I, I do like both of those picks. Um, again, though, going back to my top, my side of the, of the drafting, I think if Carolina is presented with Kyle Pitts and Denver's selected with Justin Fields, I would think they would be both stupid not to select them. So I think as, as much as yeah, I think, as much as I think your selections of uh, Slater now going eight and Elosa Karamoa going nine, I think the way my draft has assembled itself, I think ma- mainly because of that Atlanta pick at four, I think that Pitts and Fields falling not only is a possibility, but would result in their being selected over maybe more positions of need or more positions of helping the team out currently. But yeah, so I think, uh, so let's change up those picks. We will, obviously, as more information comes out, we will give up, give us chances to change it. But uh Let's start off this week's selections with uh, number 11, the New York Giants. All righty. Always a good idea to pull up the roster beforehand, and I didn't do that. So you're going to have to wait with me for a little bit. Um, Okay. Uh, Offensive needs. Uh, Quarterback, I think they just want to write it out with Daniel Jones for the foreseeable future. Uh, running back Saquon Barkley's coming back. Wide receiver, they ha- already had uh, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. Now they also got, they also signed Kenny Galladay in uh, the offseason, picked up uh, John Ross, and they picked Dante Pettis from waivers last year. So there's definitely some solid, uh, solid um, talent at that position available for them. Um, I think you could make a point. Uh, for offensive line, because if I'm not mistaken, 
They are bringing back Nate Solder to be the right tackle. And if Nate Solder is your right tackle, you have a problem. <laughs> Especially, you know, that the tackle position. We saw it last year. They drafted, uh, what's his Andrew name? Thomas. Andrew Thomas, number four. He had a very up and down season last year. Yeah, started off pretty poorly. But then I think as they switched the line coaches, uh, things started to kind of level out. Um, so now, um, if I guess we also look at the defensive side as well, um, they have a lot of good interior rushers. Just signed Leonard Williams to a massive contract. Um, I don't foresee them going after a linebacker this early, not even a pass rushing one. Um, cornerbacks. Bradbury, oh, and they signed a Dory Jackson to that long, big contract. Hmm. Ooh, okay. I could I could see this Giants pick again. We're not going to necessarily argue for trades, but I think if you're looking for a trade destination, this could be one just to get ahead of Philly and the the Chargers. In this year's draft. Possibly. I know Gettleman doesn't really do stuff like that. So doesn't trade down? Yeah, he's not really much of a trade guy. He just picks wherever they uh picks wherever he has the picks. So or wherever the picks were originally given to him. Um hmm. right now, right tackle and maybe I, safety would probably be the big one. Um but I, I, I think that's way too early, though, for safety. And I think yeah, it is. Especially with uh, Korob off the board now. Um, uh, ooh, okay. Uh, right tackle. Who's the right tackle on the board? You've got Jenkins. Uh, ooh, okay. I think that ends that list. Um, Darisaw? Good. Darisaw was a left tackle. You probably, probably could switch over to right, but I think if you want to... I didn't just have him play where they originally played, right? Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't think of gap-heavy guys because they let run a lot of gap. They're just man-blocking uh, runs. Uh, let's see. Their guard situation is also not particularly great. Um, center's okay. Honestly, Will Hernandez has been, of the like last couple drafts, has been a big disappointment for me. Yeah, but I think he's still startable. They have Shane Lamo also, so it's not like they're just done so. Um, you know what? I think let's make this pick Elijah Vera Tucker because I don't understand the thing of moving him to guard immediately. I see things working out much better if he were to just stay at tackle. But in the event he doesn't work out at tackle, you can now move him inside the guard because you don't have great guard depth either. So I think that versatility will um, work out in the long run for them. And he has experience playing in a man-blocking type running offense that Jason Garrett will look to utilize quite often. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Uh... I, I put originally Vera Tucker at nine and then obviously moved him away because of the pits and field situation. I think of the remaining offensive linemen, whether you're looking at uh, um, whether you're looking at Jenkins, whether you're looking at uh, Derisaw, I think Vera Tucker, to me at least, is the most versatile of the offensive linemen, which I think after getting a Thomas last year, I think they're going to look for a more versatile offensive lineman. Uh to, to, again, not necessarily just put him at guard, but to put him wherever they think they need a hole. I could see him like um, Zach Martin coming in his first year, or like uh, who was the guy that was similar from Miami, from the Dolphins, I think. Uh, I could also see him like Tunsil in the in the sense that like I could see him playing guard oh. and then moving inside. Yeah. 
moving outside. But yeah, Vera Tucker, I think very talented offensive lineman. And uh, yeah, put him for me at the, again, I think of the holes on this Giants team, which you listed a bunch of them. I think the offensive line is the one that A, this draft is best at and B, that they need to replace the most. So give me Vera Tucker. Yup, yup. So I, I guess, would you put him, if you were the Giants, would you put him a right tackle this year? Going to the... Um, so right now they have Matt Pyatt at right tackle, but I always kind of viewed Pyatt as like a guard, even though he's like Matt. You could always move him inside too, which would be nice. You could. I think that's what... I think in that sense you might want to do that. It really depends because if... I think what's going to happen is Garrett's going to see him and be like, you've got, you don't have very good arm length. We're going to move you inside. But like Pyatt doesn't have small arms either, but he's bigger and has probably definitely has a bigger anchor. So it's really confusing trying to pro- project him because I keep thinking he's a tackle. People are like, oh no, his arm length isn't good enough. He needs to move to guard. But like if someone's arm length isn't good enough and they're going to struggle engaging at the point of attack first, wouldn't you want them to be on the outside instead of the inside where pressure comes the quickest? Well, to me with Vera Tucker, it's not necessarily the arm length that I think would make him good for a guard. He's got the, I think it's the anchor to me. He's got the really good guard anchor that I think would make him like, I'm not going to say like Marshall Yonda, and I'm not saying he couldn't make it as a tackle, but I think he's got a good versatility to him that if you, if you're a team like a team that's got like the Broncos, that's got really good tackles. I think you could definitely see him getting drafted, putting it guard and then figuring out what the situation is with the rest of the tackles. I also think we're at the point with offensive linemen where if he's Vera Tucker is so good, you're not necessarily drafting him to fit a need. You're just drafting him because he's the best offensive lineman left. So let's now, uh, the team that traded down from six to 12, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, now it's getting rid. Now they get the, their choice of two great wide receivers on both of our boards. Uh, where do you have them going here? Huh. Okay. So I'm looking at their offensive line. Traditionally, it looks pretty good. But oh, are you are you still in New York? Sorry. No, no, no. I'm looking at Philadelphia. Oh, really? Okay. No. Well, yeah. I guess you didn't let me finish the train of thought. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the right side of the line is good. Kelsey Brooks, Johnson, I expect all of them to come back. Matt Pryor and Brett Toth still work as backup linemen, but then I'm looking at the left side, and I'm looking at Isaac Simalu and Andre Dillard. Dillard's backup is Mylotta, and I do expect Mylotta to end up winning that, but I wa- I'm wondering if they want to give Hertz the opportunity um, if they go fix that left side. Now, the other obvious thing uh, position here is wide receiver. And if I'm looking at what type of receivers they're coveting, I would have to guess. It's going to – well, it's tricky because Fulgham, Rager, and Ward are their like, projected starting receivers. Fulgham is very much an X guy. Rager is slot slash um, Z receiver. But if he continues being injured and he isn't able to fix out the kinks in his offense that prevented him from being productive last year, then you're in a situation where you need another Z receiver because you would rather have Greg Ward playing in the slot. And I think they do covet speed for whatever reason. Um, so I'm looking at, yeah, because I guess at corner, Sean Bradley, Darius Slay. Oh, they could use a corner, actually. Someone opposite Darius Slay. Uh, I think they're going to be back to playing a little bit of, uh, a lot more man coverage. McLeod and Harris. Ooh. Ah, this, this team is tricky. They're so... They've got so many holes. They've got so many weirdly, holes. Weirdly, weirdly built. Like, I'm not going to give them a linebacker here. That just seems so... 
unnecessary. Um, figure something out real quick. Ganon is, let's see, okay, so, ooh, huh, okay, corner might not be as big of a need because they're going to be running a lot of too high stuff, which is why they got Anthony Harris, okay, that makes more sense now, um, okay, so essentially here, I'm stuck with two players, and they're both receivers. Um, Devonta Smith and uh, Rashad Bateman. Not Jamar Chase? Uh, Jamar. Oh, that's right. I didn't pick Jamar Chase. Okay, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I forgot about that. Yeah, the only wide receiver you've taken so far is Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Okay. Um, ooh. Actually. If that's the case, yeah, give me Jamar Chase at 12. Okay, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, mainly also because I forgot I took Smith at six, so Chase is my best of the top three wide receivers. But uh, well, talk to me about Chase specifically and why you put him over uh, Devontae Smith. For this uh, okay. Uh, I'm just looking at where they would realistically play. I think if you're a Smith, you're playing either in the slot or as a Z. With Chase, you have the versatility to play everywhere. That versatility to play everywhere could be really important depending on the trajectory of Rager and Fulgum in the next two years. Because if you're expecting Jamar Chase to come in and kind of just fit him where you feel is best, he can do that for you. But if Fulgum doesn't plan uh, pan out after what the, like the flashes you saw from last year, then you move Chase to his position. If Rager doesn't pan out because he keeps getting injured and he just you know it just isn't clicking, then you move him to Z or you move Ward to Z and you put Chase in the slot. Like I said, you probably don't want Ward as a Z, but you know I'm just kind of throwing around situations here. Um, I think the versatility that he provides to really play any of the three wide receiver positions, and then in addition to his ability to adjust to balls uh, in the air, um, I think would allow Jalen Hurts to kind of just bail himself, bail, bail himself out with throws to chase in the same way that Hurts would do last year with Jeffrey. I think stylistically it kind of matches. So that's why that's where I am with Chase. Yeah, I mean, give, give props to the Eagles. Uh, they traded out of six, got an extra first-round pick and a third, I believe, and still get a top 10 pick in Jamar Chase. Yeah. Uh, but as we said last week, the big question will be whether they can actually use Jamar Chase in a way that, you know, because they've definitely over the last – several years had a tr bad track record when it is selecting wide receivers. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think the, the gap between Chase and Bateman is way too big. And in my board, since we don't have Smith or Waddle there, I think they go with best available wide receiver. I think tackle would be an interesting slot, whether it's Jenkins, whether it's Derisaw. But I do think that the uh, wide receiver need is – stupid and needy and especially with your rookie quarterback i think you do need to get him the, the tackle he deserves so yeah give me derisaw give me uh give, sorry, give me chase chase okay <laughs> yeah sorry for some reason i was mixing my words there i was like what all right 13 la chargers still weird to say even though it's been three years it's still weird to say la chargers yeah okay <laughs> this one's really easy for me i don't need don't think i have to think twice about this um Give me Christian Derrissaw. It's time we get Justin Herbert the line that he deserves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's two there, – there's really, as we talked about with the, the Bengals and we talked about with Miami, there's two routes to kind of go when you have our young rookie quarter – or young quarterback with how to build around him. Uh, one is to build the receivers and one is to build the offensive line. 
uh, if you're the Chargers, you have maybe one of the best wide receiver cores in the league, just in terms of yeah. Race. You have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton. Yeah. So for for I think I don't think it's a question here that they should go offensive tackle. I think the question is what offensive tackle are they going to take, or what offensive lineman are they going to take? I guess in your case, it's Darisaw over Jenkins is your big deciding point. Or and there's obviously some other guys, but the real battle there is between Darisaw and Jenkins. What uh, what was your selection there? Okay, so just to be clear, the uh, if I'm not mistaken, oh wait, no, I think Los Angeles's OC is still Shane Steichen, if I remember. Um. Oh, wait, what? Oh. Hey, didn't oh. Yeah, they hired a new OC in the offseason, right? Oh, right. Okay, hold up a second. Uh, what is in... Oh, okay, hold up. That actually... Well, okay, it, in reality, it shouldn't change much. But let's kind of go through the offensive line, right? Right side is solid. Bulaga, even though he's kind of at the end of his career, serviceable right tackle. You have Filer as a right guard, which works, and then Lindsley on the inside, which was a really good deal. Great um, deal. One of one of I think the not that it was ignored, but one of the most like surprising deals of free agency that the Packers just let him go. The left side is Trey Pipkins and Ode Obushi. Um, you're not gonna be able to sell me. That Trey Pipkins can be a starting left tackle again in the year of 2021. So when I was thinking, for for whatever reason, I thought that uh, Los Angeles would be running more zone or do a lot more zone running. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true with Lombardi, but even if there is a mix, Derisaw has the, just the general power and play strength as a tackle to kind of work both schemes i think for him bigger issue will be just getting acclimated to professional pass setting and uh just understanding timing of uh in pass protection of various things but i think that is your franchise left tackle for years to come and that seemed like a pretty no-brainer to me yeah the other thing yeah i think you you hit it more on the head when you talked about the team itself like Bulaga will at the very least be a serviceable right tackle for uh, the going future. And obviously you probably need to replace him at sometimes down the road just because of age, but really you're looking for an offensive or a left tackle. If you're the, uh, if you're the, if you're the chargers and of the two tackles that are left on our board at that, that is high as Jenkins and Derisaw. Derisaw is clearly the better left tackle. Blindside tackle. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely because Jake has never played left tackle. So <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with him. I definitely think that Darisaw. I mean, the Chargers had a really good off season, and obviously they're trying to keep Herbert alive. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that's gonna continue into the next season. But um, yeah, I think you're definitely gonna see in this draft, a lot of tackles and wide receivers probably drafted really early. Quarterbacks, I think, you're going to get drafted in the first five picks and then maybe a break. Um, then let's move on to 14, which is the Minnesota Vikings. So coming off of a, I'd say, disappointing 2020. They uh, Yeah, it, the, the year was kind of – okay, let's put it this way. I expected a regression to occur defensively because they lost some people mm -hmm. and the corners were all pretty young. And so whatever happened kind of happened. I think we're looking pretty near the end of the Mike Zimmer era in Minnesota. Or just in general. I mean, he is getting up there in age. So, yeah. Um, offensively, same identity. Defensively, a lot of. Uh, split safety looks. I'm um, going to probably be a lot of zone. They signed Patrick Peterson. I think it'll work because even if you're concerned about, you know, athletic deficiency just from age, I think the system will be okay for him. Uh, Jeff Gladney, I don't know if you saw, uh, turned himself in. Yeah. I, what's happening there? I, 
I could not give you an answer on that. Um, Cameron Dantzler, uh, good player, I think, definitely has. Uh, hopefully, can continue on the strong finish that he had last season. And then your nickel corner would be McKinsey Alexander, who's fine. I don't really know how <laughs> what else to say other than that. Um, I think he's completely serviceable, but he's definitely upgradable. <laughs> Yeah, you can definitely get better, but you could also do a lot worse. Um, I guess that's the best way to put it, yeah. Tackle. O'Neal and Rashad Hill. I feel like there's someone else on there that I'm missing. There's definitely someone. Well, they else. lost Reef in the offseason. Right, him. which I don't think was necessarily a bad thing because he just hadn't been playing well for them for, uh, for some time now. Uh, I think oh. See, I don't know how Minnesota's going to value this because it'd be very Minnesota to go get a tackle. But now I have um, Sewell, Slater, Bear Tucker, and Darius off the board, which would likely mean uh, some combo of Jenkins, Cosme. I think. Um, I think you could move Brian O'Neill to the other side. I don't know if you're necessarily handcuffed to playing him at right tackle. If such were the case, I'd be more than fine with them drafting Jenkins because I think it works. But... I don't even know if wide receiver makes sense this early for them. Oh, for the Vikings, no. They've still got um. They Justin play Jefferson so much twelve and, personnel. Well, or, not even that. They have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Like, why would? Yeah, they need but that? I mean, it, in most situations, having a good third receiver is not going to hurt you. But they don't play with third receiver like that. So yeah. Um, I think you can make the case for like a pass rushing, just like a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. Neil Hunter starting to get old. Steven Weatherly doesn't yeah. the most productive. Uh, the Yannick Nakakwe experiment last year Gaffe failed. was not great. Yeah. He signed somewhere else. Um, is there a guy I would give them though? There. Would you? Would, so, question. I had actually the thought about putting Jalen Phillips here. Is that a little That's too high? That's fair. I just don't know what's going on with his medicals because I know the medical combine and everything happened, but we never heard anything about his results. So. And it's not like we were going to either, but so to me, this comes down to personally comes down to cornerback or edge rusher, because I, I agree with you. They have a lot of, they could definitely upgrade their cornerback uh, camp. And I think there are so many good cornerbacks in that area, in that range. I think they could definitely look at someone in the first round here especially since we don't know what's going on with Gladney. Uh, but then, yeah, I think if you're talking about like straight need, I think edge rusher is probably the one piece I would try to find. And if you think Jalen Phillips is the guy, I, a really good edge rusher, I think him – my one question is, is this a reach? But he could be a No, really I don't think – on talent alone, it's not a reach. 14 is like incredible value for him. I would just be concerned about – his medicals because it's not and if he goes to minnesota of all places temperature wise too that's not great for his body if it's uh kind of brittle like that this is this is not could this, could this be a micah parsons spot okay i think traditionally yes um character concerns a lot more as of late than uh what we originally, uh, I guess, were hearing at the beginning of the cycle. Um, freshman hazing incident. I think there was a sexual assault allegation in the mix. Obviously, there were concerns about his love for football, but he's definitely someone I expect now to slide down quite the board. Um, there's got to be another edge on the board. Oh, oh, ho, 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 okay. Okay, it kind of just hit me. 
All right. Okay. With the 14th overall pick, the Minnesota Vikings select Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Ooh. So, an interior edge rusher. No, no, not, he, not that he's no. DT, but he would, he's kind of a more three technique, or a, right? No, he's a, he's a five tech. He definitely does not have the body for a, okay. uh, for a three tech. He's what, 6'3, 260, and only has like 33 inch arms. So he would definitely not survive on the inside unless like it was strictly for NASCAR packages. Okay, so talk to me about Quiddy Payne and what he his fit is like in Minnesota. Okay. Um, he would kind of be a different animal for Minnesota because traditionally from their edge rushers, they like guys who can play with power. Um, Daniil Hunter, um, Daniil Hunter, uh, Everson Griffin, Weatherly, um, these guys are all, these guys win with power. Pay is your really bendy uh, speed counter rusher. So in that sense, he's a change of pace. But what that allows you to do, because he's such an elite athlete, is you can kind of be creative with where you line him up. So you can play him as like a four tech all the way to a ninth wide nine. And you can just let him speed rush. Uh, he has some production, just uh, needs, I think in Minnesota, he could really develop his pass rushing plans. So that way he has a better understanding of how to attack attack the leverage points of offensive tackles and understand at each position how to uh, win. So Pay was going to fall in this range. It was just a matter of where at this point. And I think he gives Minnesota like a pass rusher with a solid floor, but an incredibly high ceiling and without medical concerns. So, and so now we've got the uh, first pass rusher off the board. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go a slightly different direction. I'm going to go JC Horn here. Um, I okay. think, I think uh, since I went Sertan at 10, I think that Horn of the defensive players, I think he is definitely the higher rated of all the defensive players left on the board. Um, as much I, I agree with you that Payne could be a good fit. Uh, I still believe Jalen Phillips. I don't think the medical record is going to prevent him from getting that highly drafted, but uh, of the guys, yeah, I think of the guys left on the board, I think Porn's the best value. It's a very Minnesota pick, and yeah, they need. I think they still need a lot of help on that defensive back field. So uh, give me Horn. And. Uh, now we go to the Evil Empire, uh, the New England, New England Patriots. So I, I want to start off with this discussion with, you know, we both have Mac Jones here on at 15. Is this a scenario where you think New England could get Mac Jones in the first round? Because I don't think they're going to trade up for Mac Jones, but is this a scenario where if they're at 15 and Mac Jones is still available, they could go and get him? No. I think if Mac Jones is falling this far, he's going to continue to fall. Even if they, if it's just based on other teams not needing a quarterback? Right. Because you're definitely on the – I don't want to say you're on the anti-Mac Jones train, but you're definitely more critical. I'm Mac just Jones. on that you have better – you have a better way to use your assets kind of train, so – because I, I, I do think there would be a considerable conversation in New England because I do think after Mac Jones, there is a considerable drop-off in quarterback talent in this draft. But uh, yes, that it's going to be interesting to see how they go here. I think in your draft, they would definitely look at who I think they should definitely go with, and that's something we've talked about. They need a number one wide receiver, and you still have Devontae Smith on the board. <laughs> My own, you know, it's so weird because you have Nelson Aguilar, Julian Edelman, and Bourne. So naturally, fit wise, Smith makes the most sense. But I want to give them something different. Okay, uh, which who do you want to get them? Because we talked about this before. We talked about that New England needs to get a number one wide receiver, and I still think they haven't gotten that yet. So if. 
My thing is, if on this board, Smith and Bateman are still available, good wide receivers are going to be available for them in the second round. Either way, they're not going to draft them correctly. But at least you know <laughs> possibility of them to be there in the next in that second round. Give me Patrick Sertan here. Really? Yes. Because I would not think cornerback is that big of a need at this pick. So, so talk me into why Sertan and why the why the Patriots specifically. So they have uh, let's see, they're okay. So they they have a lot of different players defensively that they kind of use interchangeably. Phillips is like a nickel corner safety. Devin McCourney can play as a cornerback, play as a uh, safety. J.C. Jackson's kind of been their like dominant nickel corner. Stephon Gilmore traditionally has been on the outside. What I, but the issue here is McCourney's getting old. Stephon Gilmore's starting to get old, uh, and they could just use good defensive players on the back end because they have solid players up front. Uh, they brought back Kyle Van Noy. Uh, Linebackers are pretty solid. You put Gilmore against Pat. You put Gilmore and Patrick Sertan in the same defense with um, Adrian Phillips, J.C. Jackson, and Devin McCourty is like a roving free safety. Tell me that doesn't cause problems. I mean, it will, and it, you know, it is the thing of I could still see them. You know, I don't think there is. I think there's still a possibility that we see a Beckham for Gilmore swap at some point. And obviously, if they draft Patrick Sertan here, that could possibly still be a thing of like, hey, you still want uh, Stephon Gilmore? We could give you or for Odell, yeah. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, would... Don't see them going wide receiver here. It, Smith would make sense in the grand scheme of things, but for how much they run, it feel like you could probably get a good receiver in the second round and be okay. I, 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 the thing is, I think we got to remember that this isn't like what we think they should do. This is what we think they will do. I think what they should do is get Devonte Smith, because if you can get that number one guy, and Smith, I think has that not only that potential, I think he's just a really good receiver. I think you're going to make your offense that much better. But I do agree with you that what they will do is probably get Sertan and then figure out their wide receiving core. Whatever. Just that's just, you just, paid, they paid good money for pass catchers. Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Those are all guys that they've got this offseason. They already had Jacoby Myers. And yeah. so I just I just still think, you know, it, again, if if the question is what they should do, Devontae Smith would make their offense so much better and their defense is already still going to be really good. So I think it Devontae Smith's gonna make whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Cam, whether it's some other guy they bring in, I think it's going to be make them so much better. Uh, but I agree with you that if you're talking about like what they would probably would do, they would see Sertan, a guy who I took at 10, who's still available at 15, see those aging cornerbacks and select him and then figure out from the rest. And plus, as we saw with, I know he didn't finish his career at Alabama, but uh, Mal- Malcolm Butler is an Alabama prospect. And so they could see him as fitting in a similar role. I'm in a weird situation where I'm wanting to lean Mac Jones because I don't have Sertan. I don't have Smith. Tackle isn't really a position because they got Trent Brown and then have their current tackle situation pretty good. It's, to me, it's between Mac Jones, Jalen Phillips, and Micah Parsons. I, I'd love some feedback on this because, again, I think given their current situation, I don't think they would get Bateman at 15. I don't think the Patriots stylistically would go Phillips. You I think they'd stylistically go Payne over Phillips if they were going a Drisher? Well, I don't even think they'd go with him. I think they'd go with someone like Ojolari or Owe. It would be you, you know what I'm gonna go with Patriots to draft them that high also. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna go with? Someone who you drafted a lot higher that I think the Patriots would just figure out where he goes. Give me a Wosu Karamoa. Okay, that works. I think, I think you know, we talked about him as being a safety. I think, you know, with them losing uh, Patrick Chung this offseason, I think they could still use him as a safety. Uh, they, they always – they are the team that likes to use their linebackers the most of any team I've 
in the NFL right now. So I think they could definitely use him as a linebacker too. And yeah, I just think he's the best available player right now on the board. Probably. It's funny because they basically drafted a light version of him last year in Kyle Duggar. And I don't think Kyle Duggar had a very good season last year. So, But do you mean lighter isn't just not as good or lighter is in something else? Yeah, not as good. Okay, yeah. Again, I think Owosu Karamoa is, a, again, probably a top 12 talent falling to 15 here just because of selection. So, yeah. Alrighty, so pick sixteen, which is the Arizona Cardinals. They, oh, this is they're in that Tampa Bay mode from this last off season, where if they can really get a good draft pick here, I think they could put themselves into really good playoff positioning. Their big fault, of course, is that they're in the toughest division in sports. <laughs> okay. They have a lot of like has been players, which is not necessarily great when evaluating because it's like you don't know how well they potentially could be, maybe have a resurgent season. I don't expect much from AJ Green because he just didn't have a good season last year. Yes, but they're in a wide receiving core with Deshaun Hop or uh Hopkins and Christian Kirk. So I, but you know, I also don't know if they really like Christian Kirk that much. We'll see. I mean, I, again, I don't, I, I, if AJ green seems like he's slotting into the Larry Fitzgerald role on that team, which if that's the case, I don't necessarily think is going to hurt him that much. I think the problem with him on the Bengals last season is that there was no true wide receiver one going into the season. So it was like, who's going to be the guy picking up the slack and AJ Green. But then T Higgins and Tyler Boyd both ended up having really good seasons. No, they did. I'm not saying they didn't, but uh, what's their tackle situation like? Do you have that pulled up? Humphreys and Kelvin Beecham. So that's solid for sure. Um, They have Rodney Hudson as their center guard. You could look. Uh, I don't know the guard class off the top of my head for whatever reason. Um, Isn't there a guy from Oklahoma, I believe? Creed Humphrey, this feels a bit too high. Uh, Even for Landon Dickerson, this feels a bit too high. This just feels too high for any of those guys. I'd probably just get them later. Um... They could use a corner, but then the only corner right now is Farley. And I I think he's still gonna fall. Yeah. Sixteen might be a bit rich now. Um Yeah, I'm looking at this Kirk the final year of his deal. I think they only signed Green to like a two year deal, and I think that next year will basically be voidable. You also don't know anything about Andy Isabella at this point. I have a good player on the board whose name is Devonta Smith. So I see no choice other than to draft Devonta Smith. That to me is incredible. <laughs> the fact that Devonta Smith, don't get me wrong. I think Devonta Smith and DeAndre Hopkins in the same offense is going to be stupid. <laughs> Even if you want to move on from Cliff Kingsbury, that's a good one-two punch at receiver that any offensive coordinator can And that complement each other really well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I get in your world why Devontae Smith fell so far. You know, like he didn't fit as well in Philadelphia as Jamar Chase. Uh, A lot of these teams don't need wide receiver as much as they need cornerbacks and tackles. Uh, and then, yeah, with all the quarterbacks going high, I can understand why you went Devontae Smith going 16. But the, to talent-wise, I just think that's crazy. I get it why. It is. Yeah. It is. Like, he's a top – in my opinion, he's a top six talent. So, for him to fall to 16 is incredible. Uh, I know this is going to sound crazy. And I know the character concerns have been a real big issue the last month or so. Micah Parsons. I'm going Micah Parsons. I think they will ignore the character concerns. They'll see him as the Hassan Reddick replacement. Uh, I think they'll see. I cannot be asked for them to ruin another Hassan Reddick type because they're already ruining Isaiah Simmons. I'm tired of it. I'm 
type, but it does that not sound like something Arizona would do? Which is why this is a problem. We have to stop them. We have to go to Glendale right now. It's a problem. <laughs> well, again, though, if they can, if they can, I'm not going to say if they can fix Parsons, but if they can get Parsons to not be terrible, that defense with Chandler Jones, JJ Watt, you know, if they can fix or not fix, if they can get uh, Isaiah really nice, that's a really good defense to complement an offense that's really scary. So yeah. I mean, again, they're in a bad situation in that they're in a really tough division. But of the picks left, I think Micah Parsons makes the most sense scheme-wise, sadly. All righty, number 17. The Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, baby. Okay, Las Vegas wants defense, and they're going to do something really stupid. Um... What's something stupid they could do here? Micah Parsons. No, I'm thinking because they're what a linebacker core. I guess to be fair, could be worse, but it's also not very good, and I don't think it necessarily elevates them in that sense. Uh, you also, got to remember they go after freak athletes over actual talent. Exactly. So, well, okay, okay. Cle- Cleveland Furl was like the pretty clear exception to that, but. Okay. Pharrell was the stupidest pick in the draft of that 2019 draft. No, Daniel Jones at six was. That was. Whew, but they went with Pharrell over Josh Allen, who had, like, the only reason they didn't draft Josh they Allen. Went, they went Pharrell over Brian Burns, who was my. And ed- Brian Burns, yes. So, okay. So, like, you talk about the pass rush. It's clear to me. They need a cornerback. Trayvon Mullen is pretty inconsistent. David Arnett did not have a good season last year. Yeah. You Guy who doesn't match schematically, go if he got to Melifonu from uh, Syracuse. They finally get the Melifonu brother that cares about football, and they, <laughs> he actually ends up playing well for them. Bang. You see, I would I would say the Melifonu, the fact that they're drafting another Melifonu would hurt them selecting him, but honestly, it's the Raiders. They probably would see that as a benefit. Dude is an athletic freak, and he um, loves football. That's what Mike Mayock wants right now. You see, I agree with you that they're going to go corner. I'm going to go Caleb Farley here. I think, yeah, you know, the I, I think they're a team that would oversee the injury concerns and would take him at this point. Yeah, they did that with Mo, uh, Mo Hurst, and he's doing fine right and now. And they did that with uh, – well, Gary Conley was an injury concern, right, if I remember? No, he had a sexual – he had sexual assault. Yeah, back. sexual assault. Yeah. Man, the Raiders are trash. <laughs> okay, uh, now we're back to the first – Repeat team, uh, the Miami Dolphins. Okay. So in your draft, they went with Kyle Pitts at six. This is a good spot for a tackle. Good spot. Because we already have Kyle Pitts. Man, this would be so much fun to just double up on receiver. Because there's a good receiver on my board. Man, that would be so much fun. Oh, um... I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a bad selection. The, the Dolphins... I, it's just I'm looking at Kyle Pitts and Gusecki, and both of them are going to be crazy efficient in that offense, so I don't know if they would value that. Um, but I, at the same time, they are still missing a lot of wide receiver depth. They are. They are. Uh, this feels like a spot where they go edge rusher. Um, Are they going to go the Miami guy, the local guy? We could. Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, Emmanuel. Uh, Ogba and Van Ginkle played well, so you'd have to probably go interior. Um... Ah, this is tough. Yeah, even interior-wise, it doesn't make sense because Kinley and... Oh, you could get out of the Flowers deal and then move Hunt to, like, left guard or something. Ooh, okay. Wait, what's their tackle situation like? Oh, okay, Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt. Yeah. Austin Jackson, don't know if he's going to be good, but you know what? Just play with it. Robert Hunt at left guard, Solomon Kinley right guard, Matt Skura in the middle. 
And then at right tackle, Tevin Jenkins, baby. That is an offensive line. Yeah, that was my thought there. Uh, I want to go Jalen Phillips, but I think there are a good amount of pass rushers in that range that I think if they go with one at the – I believe they have their second round pick two at the top of the second round. So I don't think – the, the Houston one. So I don't think they would be a miss if they can get one of the guys – Maybe a little bit worse than Phillips, but, you know, to get a really good offensive tackle, Jenkins, uh, if if um, Austin works from last year, then you could pair him with him on two sides of the line. If not, you can have him be your good tackle and then have another one on the other side. Yeah, I think Jenkins is a really good player at this pick. And I think the, um, the Dolphins do a very Patriots-style selection here and go offensive lineman. So, yeah. Now we get to 19, the football team. Washington. We're now into Mac Jones territory. You don't think so? I don't think Washington would care for Mac Jones. Just in general or? Yeah, in general. Okay. In that case, I... uh, this one's tough because I, I could see them going in like five different directions just based on talent wise. It the other question is it's like Las Vegas like are they going to pick the right guy or are they just going to pick who flashes the most? Okay. Um... Because the position I would think off the top of my head was wide receiver, but they got Curtis Samuel in the offseason, so they don't need a wide receiver this high. Give me that dude from close by in Blacksburg, Caleb Farley. Okay, Caleb Farley. Uh, well, give me your reasoning behind Farley. Obviously, very that good. defense is really good, but their cornerback situation is William Jackson, Kendall Fuller, and Jimmy Moreland. Jackson's good, Kendall Fuller is solid, but you can probably move from Fuller if you wanted to. You're taking Farley with potential injury concerns and could probably use a year. So maybe in due time, if they feel like Fuller is just kind of a tradable asset, trade him away. You have Farley as your uh, 1A next to Jackson. Bang. Your defense is rock solid. Yeah, I mean, again, I think uh, Washington's a really tough situation because the position I would have thought going into this draft was wide receiver because, you know, they've got – there's so many just good wide receivers at that point. McLaurin, Samuel, and Humphreys pretty quickly straight yeah. for me. So Same. And I want to, again, the position right now, I, I, I'm leaning towards someone like Quiddy Payne, but they don't need an intrusion. That's the thing. They don't really need anyone on defense, but I figured if you're going to give them a defensive player, at least make it in an important position. So I gave them Farley for that reason. And they can move on from Fuller if they want to. Yeah. And also, if Jackson doesn't work out, you can also move on from Jackson as well. What's the, Can you read me their safety positioning right now? Uh, Cameron Curl and Landon Collins. Honestly, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I really don't want to go with him this high because I don't think he's as talented as you think he is, but he's my best cornerback on the board. I'll go Melifonwu. All I, right. I, yeah. I, I, again, I just – I don't think he – I think of the corner – like – of the players, I think could go at this pick. Mac Jones is one. Travis Etienne is one. Uh, Juan Fu is one. Yeah. You really trying to replace my boy Antonio Gibson with Travis Etienne? Wow. I think he's talented enough. I think he's talented wow. enough. Wow. Okay. No well, hard whatsoever. We we know how the the Washington and the that offense uses running backs. So now the final pick of our little mock experiment for today, 20, the Chicago Bears. The Bears. The Bears.
I'm going to start off because you can't sway me. Mac Jones is going 20 to the Bears. Dang it. I was thinking the same thing, too. <laughs> here's the thing. And I, I, I the, the, the question, again, as I talked about, is Washington or Chicago for Mac Jones. If we're going no, no trades. I do think some team will try and trade up to get him possibly in that like 16 to 17 range. But if you're talking about Washington, I believe, and I would believe this too, is confident in their quarterback situation. I think they are more than ready to go into the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke battling for the position. As much as I want to say the Bears are confident in Andy Dalton, I don't think they're confident in him long-term. And they need a quarterback going forward to shape that. I think they're going to bank on Mac Jones as talent at pick 20. You know, they, they still have uh, Alshon Robinson. Not Aishon Robinson. Uh, they have Robinson, Alan Robinson. Robinson. And I think they're still a very talented team. Yeah, I just the, – the, the, the Mac Jones is a guy who I see could get picked five picks earlier, but I think there's no way he gets past Chicago at 20. I go Mac Jones. So in a traditional sense, I would not – Okay, I don't know if ownership would allow Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to draft a quarterback with them, both of them being on the hot seat. They could also use help at right tackle. Uh, Jones is an option. Uh, Uh, this is I like I, there's there are two players in my mind and two very different positions uh who mac jones i'm assuming and and then an offensive tackle who would it be samuel cosme yep again though i just think they wouldn't what's their tackle situation even like though i don't uh they have charles lino who's like solid on left side and then it's elijah wilkinson on the right side which is uh, but the thing also is, it's Jermaine Effetti as a right guard, which is like not very good. So they'd also I feel, yeah, they'd also be in play for Creed Humphrey or Landon Dickerson. Yeah, Jer- Jermaine Effetti's been a just a turnstile, goes through different organizations and never makes it work. I feel like honestly, I don't. Okay, I don't think. The Pace and Nagy will draft a quarterback because they realize where they are in their respective, I guess, tenures. So give me Cosme. Okay, Samuel Cosme. It's a little high for me. Is he just the best available tackle on your board, or is there a specific reason yeah, for Cosme itself? Okay. Again, I think he's I very mean, also considering Creed Humphrey to take over that Betty spot, but I think that's higher for him than it is for Cosme. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see Cosme going in the next couple picks, but I don't. Again, I, I as much as you are critical of Mac Jones, and I, I think you're rightfully critical. I think that at this point, Mac Jones, there's no reason he shouldn't have been taken probably five picks earlier. He honestly, Washington would have a good long talk. New England would have a good long talk over him. I think if he gets to Chicago, Chicago would run in to put in their stamp. And and while I agree with you that ownership would probably not be happy about it, it it does a good job of setting up the future for the team. Yeah, because it it's not like it's like. I mean, the the big concern is it's the one year starter like. Uh, um, Mitchell Trubisky was going into the draft, but also I think Mac Jones showed a lot more in the in the college than. Mitchell no, definitely Trubisky. Mac Jones showed the ability to diagnose uh, things as a quarterback better than Trubisky did because Trubisky's inability to do things was re- a lot of mental and confidence based. Def- that's definitely not lacking with Jones whatsoever. But I think unlike Trubisky, Jones is definitely not as athletic. Yeah. 
but maybe that's going to benefit him. Maybe it's, you know, he's not going to just, he knows more. I don't know. So that's where we are. Uh, 20 picks in, uh, giving a quick summary of where we are so far. Uh, Adithia and I both had Lawrence and Wilson as the first two picks. Uh, and then just running through Dithy's picks, he had Fields going third to the 49ers, Lance going fourth to the Falcons, Sewell going fifth to the Bengals, Pitts going sixth to Miami, Waddle going seventh to Detroit. Uh, in a change, he made Rashawn Slater the pick to Carolina at eight, and uh, Jeremiah Wosu Karamoa going ninth to Denver. Uh, JC Horn goes 10th to Dallas, while Elijah Vera Tucker goes 11th to the, to the Giants. Jamar Chase goes 12th to the Eagles. Derisaw goes 13th to the Chargers. Payne goes 14th to the Vikings. Sertan goes 15th to the Patriots. Smith goes 16th to the Cardinals. Melifonwu goes 17th to the Raiders. Uh, in the first uh, double pick, Jenkins goes 18th to the Dolphins. Farley goes 19th to the, to the football team. And then 20th is Samuel Cosme to the Bears. On the flip side... Uh, after Lawrence and Wilson, I go Lance, uh, third to the 49ers, Sewell, fourth to the Falcons, Slater, fifth to the Bengals, Smi uh, Smith, sixth to the Dolphins, Jalen Waddle, seventh to the Lions, Pitts, eighth to the Panthers, Fields, ninth to the Broncos, Sertan, tenth to the Cowboys. I actually didn't realize this. We're actually, their first three picks were all the same, uh, Vera Tucker, Chase and Derisaw. Uh, I oh. then went. I then went. J.C. Horn to the Vikings. Yeah. Wosukara Moa to the Patriots. Parsons to the Cardinals. Farley to the Raiders. Jenkins to the Dolphins. Uh, Melifonwu to the football team, and then Mac Jones twentieth to the Bears. I guess my big question going out of this top twenty is: How far do you think Parsons is going to fall? He'd be someone I'd be buying at Pittsburgh, uh, at twenty four for Pittsburgh. That would wow! That'd be a really good pick for Pittsburgh. I mean, we know they don't care about character concerns. Looking at who their quarterback is, so uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's our first twenty picks of this uh, NFL mock draft. Uh, we'll be back next week for the final parts of the first round and looking at if there's going to be another quarterback taking at the end of the draft. Again, this is the Draft Down 2021 podcast. My name is Jackson King. My name is Aditya Prabhakran. And thank you all so much for listening to the channel. Thanks and gig em.